Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back. Let's go to the phones. And joining us as he does every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, Nate Zelensky. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing good. I tried to say something bad, and I've just gotten to this bad habit of saying nice things about you. <laughs> I like it, Terry. I think it's just the point where we just stick and kind of forget the past and just keep looking at the future, you know? Actually, we're really good friends, and I do like you and think the world of you, but I hate to tell people that. <laughs> hey, you know what? With, you know, with these water levels, if you had to put more lion on your reels... <laughs> Jeez Louise, Terry, I tell you what, you blink and, uh, and things are changing. And, you know, I, uh, I've been out at various waters this last week and I tell you, the flows are cranking and I went and just checked some, some rivers and looking at high water marks. And I mean, it is, uh, it, it is absolutely crazy to kind of see. So yeah, there's a, uh, there's a lot to cover, a lot of changing, uh, stuff. And I think it's keeping everybody on their toes. And, um, you know, I, you can kind of look at things two ways. We're going to talk about it all, but we can talk about, you know, taking a fishery that is dealing with the high water, how to catch those fish. Um, I think we can also look at the option of hitting the fisheries that are less affected. So you kind of have two options and like here at Tightline, half our guides are are dealing with the high water and then uh like somebody like myself um i am just kind of moving things around and i am hitting the waters that are unaffected so uh kind of a lot of ways to look at it but yeah lots to cover oh it really is let's start with one uh we, we heard a little bit of a report from austin earlier but any word on what the water levels in cherry creek may recede and when it may open for boating yeah, so so right now, I mean, the other day we lost 10 vertical inches, and then we kind of slowed down. We only lost a couple inches the other day. Um, so Cherry Creek is lowering. Obviously, every time it rains, that's going to slow down that production. But they're shooting for opening back up for Memorial Day weekend. So I think they're shooting for hopefully later this week um, to do that. They did open back up for, for hand launch vessels. So kayaks are out there, uh, a lot of fish kind of all over the place. But, but I think we're going to see at the end of this week, hopefully sooner. But right now, I think we're really planning on kind of into this week. But it's one of those things that every day it could change. You get enough rain, uh, obviously it's going to, you know, bring that water back up and or kind of stabilize it where it's at. Uh, if we can kind of dry out a little bit, they're letting as much water as they possibly can out to get those water levels a little lower. Um, so it's kind of day by day. But I think at Cherry Creek, we're really looking at kind of end of the week is kind of our forecast of when that, that body of water is going to kind of settle. Well, you know, and those fish haven't been chased or molested for quite a while, and you might be able to get away with a few more mistakes for a while there. I think so. Now that's the concept we're kind of looking at there. So there, there's less pressure for sure. Uh, the water is stained, which is a good thing. I think that helps uh, on those fish. With that said, I will say that before it, it just went through this recent closure of boating, um, those fish were healthier than I've ever seen. Honestly, probably the biggest walleyes I've ever seen in the state. Not necessarily like the overall size, but your 20 inches were weighing four and a half pounds. Um, they are on an unbelievable food source this year. So those fish 
are absolutely fat, well-fed, and high quality. Anytime you have a, a flood stage water, you're introducing so much more food. So you're introducing now worms and insects and, and frogs. And so all of a sudden you take a well-fed fish, you throw high water on it, it's going to help that forage base, um, and it's really going to make those fish well-fed. So uh, I think you're, you're going to have kind of both aspects. I think the, the unpressured is going to help the fishing. I think the stained water helps the fishing. Uh, the high water did not, by any means, slow down their their dietary needs. Um, so those fish are really well fed. So as it lowers, we'll just kind of keep every, up, everybody updated um, on, on what to do, how to catch them. And I think you're going to see some really good fish come out of Cherry Creek. All right. What else is happening? So you look at Chatfield. You know, we're up depending on how you want to look at it. The, the reservoir is officially full. It hit capacity Wednesday night. Uh, it's continuing to rise slightly. We had a little slowdown and it lowered a hair. Now it's back on the rise. Um, so Chapel is at its, its growth point. We're at the point to where all that construction we did years ago, it is now at full pool. Um, I encourage people to go check it out. It's pretty neat to see. Um, I mean, the water is up. So if you're looking at Plum Creek, that water is almost three-quarters of a mile up in that valley. Um, the reservoir is going, you know, three-eighths to a half mile above the, the bridge uh, that you would cross in the South Platte River. Um, I mean, there's points by the swim beach that you would never know existed. Uh, so the water is up at Chatfield. Um, with that being said, the bass are moving into that. So the bass on the dam just came up. So those fish are pretty steady. Um, all the bass that were kind of hanging on the southwest arm there, you know, kind of by Swim Beach and back, those fish are sliding up into the trees, inhibiting. They're all over in the trees. Um, your walleyes are kind of split. Um, I'd say we have three walleyes to chase at Chatfield. We have walleyes on points. So Marina Point didn't change. The Handicap Point didn't change. Uh, the point that right by the North Boat Dock did not change. So the points are holding fish. It's traditional fishing, traditional structure, hard structure, kind of normal deal fishing those points. There's also a ton of suspended fish. So you can get out there with crankbaits, crawler harnesses, but targeting suspended fish that are down about 12 to 15 feet. Um, and that's a really solid, pretty you know practical bite to go target. And then you have got a ton of fish that are moving up into all the new flooded timber. So the edges of the trees, into the trees. Um, I mean, all of Kingfish is flooded, all of that. Catfish Flats has trees, you know, 200 yards out into the water. Um, so you're seeing a lot of walleyes up in those trees. We're catching those fish, you know, casting crankbaits, casting, you know, little paddle tail jigs and swimming them back. Um, you can slip bobber in those trees. So lots of options at Chatfield. Uh, the water is staying fairly clean for the amount of water that we're coming in uh, doing their best to remove the debris but overall water clarity for how much water came into that reservoir rising you know 15 vertical feet um, I would say the water is pretty clear for the conditions uh, so we're pretty excited about that yeah I'd really I think we're gonna I was talking earlier in the show and I said any kind of fishing log I've kept us through the time of the year and what the weather's been like and how I was approaching what the fish seem to be doing with these incredible water level fluctuations, I've kind of throw it away. You, you've got to take all that into consideration, but you really have to know what the water is doing to both the food and the fish right now and almost make your game plan daily. 
hundred percent, Terry, because it changes daily. And um, you know, and I will say our fish were extremely skinny, lacking food at Chatfield, and this high water is uh, is helping that out. So many worms and insects, like I said, we talked about Cherry Creek. So same thing. So those fish are adapting to those alternative food sources um, and doing well with it. So a lot of options. Um, cruise around, and I'd say more than anything, keep your mind open at Chatfield. Um, I mean, I talked to guys the other day that were going out to fish the traditional roadbed. You know, the roadbed's just shy of 30 feet deep now. Um, so so there's no point in fishing it just because the food is not using that road. The food is all above that road, uh, so therefore the walleyes aren't sitting on that road. So um, you have to kind of you know, let go of some of your traditional stuff, definitely let go of some of your traditional spots, uh, have an open mind, cover some water, and again, there's the, the fishing is pretty good. Um, I think it's just up to the anglers to kind of get out of their mindset what they would traditionally do, uh, try some new stuff, and I think you'll have success with it. What about Pueblo and some of those, and then what's going on in the mountains? Absolutely. So Pueblo is on the rise. Um, same thing, dirty water on the west end, clean water, kind of as you go east in that body of water. Um, the, it can hold that water, so water's rising, but I wouldn't say it's anything out of the ordinary. Uh, fishing's good. Live bait techniques are doing very well. Jigging's doing very well. Uh, bass are moving up onto their beds. Um, so I would say Pueblo is doing really well. Uh, in particular, the wiper bite is seeming to be doing very well. Um, I mean, there's always wiper available, but it seems like they're fairly gathered, and that bite's going pretty strong. Uh, guys are catching them on jigs and leeches, catching them on foot barbers and leeches, as well as catching them on crankbait. So pretty wide options on the wiper down there. So, so Pueblo is fishing really well, so I'm pretty positive about that. Then you move up into the South Park area. Uh, I've been in South Park the last three days fly fishing for trout. Uh, it's been absolutely incredible. So kind of walk you through the three fisheries. Antero, uh, good water clarity, good water level, uh, open for boating, uh, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Antero, I'd say, is very traditional. Our average fish is running 18 inches, uh, getting some smaller fish and some bigger fish on either side of that. But our average is about 18 inches. I've been still water fly fishing in the morning and fishing conventional tackle in the afternoon uh the bite has been good um so again the fishing's good the water clarity's good water level's good at the antero is very normal uh, even though we're getting a lot of flow in there it has not muddied up yet i'm um, getting a little bit of mud on the west side right where the, the inlet comes in but in general i'd say clarity is great and that's fishing normal um Spinny, we need right at two vertical feet of water before it can open to boating. So we are rising. Uh, they measured at the end of the boat dock the other day. Um, we did have two days where more water went out than came in because they had calls for water. Um, so spinny is one of those things that as long as the calls for water do not continue and the water keeps rising, we'll be boating at spinny soon. Um, when that date will be, I don't want to predict. I was really hoping by Memorial Day, I think there's a chance for that. Um, it just depends on the calls for water. Again, uh, we lost two or three really key days this last week where I was hoping they were going to kind of close things down, really let that water rise. They got calls for water, and the outflow uh, was higher flow rate than the inflow. So we're just kind of waiting to see what those numbers look like. Uh, but I do think inter our spinning should be coming soon uh, to the opening of, of trailer boats. We're excited about that. Hopefully that happens soon. Uh, we'll keep everybody updated on what that's going to look like. Uh, then as you go down to 11 miles, same thing. Water level is full. It's normal. Um, you know, as they let bigger amounts of water out of spinny, we're getting some slight vegetation flowing through the lake to where it's breaking off 
Finney coming through the Dreamstream, you know, gathering some stuff. So we see a little bit of floating, you know, weeds uh, like that at Antero, or excuse me, at 11 Mile. But in general, I would say 11 Mile is really good. Water clarity is good. Temperatures rising nice. Uh, pike bite is on fire there. So we're catching some really big pike at 11 Mile. Uh, if you ever wanted to come on a guide trip for big pike, now is the time to call us. Um, other day, our, our best day so far this week, we had four big fish, so four big mature fish. Uh, we're calling big fish at 37, 38 on the small side, uh, upwards of those 42 on the on the large side, so really quality big pike. So the pike bite's going good. Uh, the trout are going good. I haven't seen a lot of kokanee being gathered at 11 Mile, uh, but trout and pike are going really strong, and it wouldn't surprise me to bump into some kokanee here and there, but I wouldn't say that bite's quite on fire yet, but for sure, uh, there's a destination to 11 Mile for pike. Uh, and that probably my biggest thing at, at that body of water right now. I know that you do a lot of lake trout chasing in different bodies of water. We had um, we had Scott on that caught that seventy three pounder out of Blue Mesa, and spring's always traditionally been a great time for for uh, big big lake trout. Are you are you doing any of that or hearing about we any of that? Bit. Our primary focus on the Lakers is at Williams Fork. Uh, that is still closed to boating. Uh, we had kind of some mixed issues. CPW and a, and a handful of agencies uh, released the opening date of the 15th. Um, they called for water and they had to pull that back. So uh, it was reported to be going to be opening on the 15th. They had to retract that. Um, I would say the way the water is rising right now, I would say by, the, by this coming weekend, by Memorial Day weekend, um, hopefully we'll be boating at, at Williams Fork and that'll really bring on that. But Granby is fishing very well. Um, pretty much all the lake trout fishers. I've snuck out to a couple of them, um, had some unbelievable days. Uh, you know, nothing really over about 35, 40 pounds, uh, but we did get some some 36s. Um, you know, those fish are running 40, 42 inches, so some really good lakers. Um, it, lake seems to be doing very well. There are jig bites taking place. There's trolling bites taking place. Uh, I've had a pile of fish taking topwater bait, so a lot of lake trout opportunity. Um, for me, personally, the one I like to hit the most is Williams Fork. Um, and, again, I think we're hoping to be there by next weekend. Uh, time will tell. It's just a matter of getting that water up a little higher. Same thing uh, at Williams Fork. We're probably down to maybe needing three vertical feet of water to open that fishery, which can happen really quick at uh, Williams Fork as long as you don't have calls for water. You know, this time of year especially, people fish way too shallow for lake trout. I mean, way too deep. The lake, the big, especially the big fish are shallow. I would say right now, on almost any of the fisheries, Blue Mesa is probably the one exception. Um, those fish have so many kokanee to feed, they tend to stay just slightly deeper. Uh, but at all the other fisheries, most of these lake trout are in shallow water, feeding on the suckers as they spawn and feeding on rainbows that are moving shallow. So I would say the average lake trout fishery right now, you could fish all day um, in no deeper than 20 feet of water and have unbelievable success. I can tell you right now, when I've been having my trips for Lakers in the last couple of days or the last week, really, um, I have been sub 10 feet of water for almost all my fish. So um, I could not agree more. The biggest piece of advice, if you're a lake trout fisherman, everybody is too deep. So the two things to think about, number one, fish shallow. Number two, if you start catching small fish, that is your key indicator that you are too deep. You want to pretty, probably be in roughly half the depth of the small fish. If you start catching small fish, drastically fish shallower, uh, and that'll be your telltale sign uh, where those bigger fish can be located. My biggest laker in Colorado uh, came in nine feet of water, so I couldn't agree with you more in, in the spring. So, Nate, before we let you go, what have you got coming up for uh, events and guide trips? 
Yeah, Terry, we got a lot going on. So we're doing a lot of stillwater fly fishing on the fly. Uh, so that's it. Fly fishing on Antero right now is unbelievable. We're getting high number days, 40, 50 fish days, you know, on 18 to 20 inch rainbows. Uh, that bite is something that I would really encourage people to try. So whether you want to learn how to stillwater fly fish, whether your river's blown out, give us a call for that. Our big pike are going strong. Um, and obviously we still have all of our walleye stuff going on, but the fly fishing and the pike are, are pretty incredible right now. I encourage everybody. Uh, if you have interest in a guide trip, get out with us uh, as soon as possible on those. Uh, we have catch rate coming up in two weeks. Um, we're still doing all of our red registration and our focus um, on that cast event for Mr. Chris Ellis we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, so you can go to our Facebook page, scroll down to that. Registration's over that. We're still looking for volunteers, for boaters, uh, non-boaters, just help making that event a success. Uh, so, yeah, a lot going on. But check us out for catch rate. That's coming up again in two weeks. Uh, got some special things happening tonight. Bonus money on that next coming up uh, catch rate. The cast event and then lots and lots of guide trips. So, yeah, we'd love to get everybody out there. All right, my friend, Tightline Outdoors on social media and tightlineoutdoors.com. And uh, I'll let you get out and back on the water, my friend. Perfect. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you. You bet. Nate Zielinski. You know, we're going to see the fishing just get better with the projected warm weather we have coming up this week. So if you've been planning a trip, now is the time. We're going to take a time out. We come back. We're going to tell you how you can get outfitted to take that summer adventure right here on Terry Wicksham Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Speaking of Jack's Outdoor Gear, we are joined by Ann Byers from uh, the the West Loveland store. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well, and it looks like we might get a break from the rain and actually have some nice, dry, warm weather. And people are they're chawing at the bit to get outdoors. Uh, it's yes. Next weekend is Memorial Weekend. It's kind of the... On tr- uh, the unofficial start of summer, and people are just ready. We've had a cool, wet spring and a cold winter, and I think people are ready to go. And you got some things going on to help them. Before we even get to that, though, I think sometimes we don't spend an- enough time telling people about the difference in the Jack stores. You really, well, you really have three different stores, but there's two. You have your your um, outdoor gear stores. And you have your ranch and home stores. Then you have combo stores. Now, the one you're at is a combo store, right? That is correct. So we've got nine total stores, but seven in um, located in Colorado. And very proud to be um, here. And I, I believe we've been received very well by our communities and uh, have a lot of loyalty here. Well, you, you treat people you, you don't act like somebody with nine stores. You act like uh, um, uh, almost a ma and pa mentality. When people come in, it's that at home, can we help you mentality. That's exactly what we go for. That's why we stand apart, I believe, as we really do business the old-fashioned way. And, and that doesn't mean your personnel don't enjoy the outdoors and know their gear. Almost everybody that works out of Jack's is an outdoor enthusiast. Like, I know you like to hike and take your retriever out. I know the guys in fishing, they're on the water a lot. So they know their stuff, and you can talk to it and help people make those decisions. And a lot of people are new. You know, the first thing, before I know you're getting your summer kickoff, and before we talk about that, uh, one of the first things, you know, during COVID, people couldn't, wanted to get outdoors. It was crazy, and manufacturers couldn't keep up. But that's kind of turned around now, isn't it? And you've been able to restock the stores, and you really have product. 
We have a ton of product, and we are excited. Like you said, we've got a great kickoff summer sales program that just started. All sorts of things to get everybody outside and enjoying this beautiful Colorado um, that we live in. What are some of the things that are on sale and some of the gear they'll find deals on? Well, so to begin with, I wanted to talk about the Bargain of the Week. This is a new campaign that we're doing, and it's been very successful um, for all the fishermen that are listening in. Um, we've got the Ugly Stick G2 Rod and Reel Combo, and it's at a great price. It's $20 off, so only thirty nine ninety five for that right now, which uh, wow. we've got the two. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead and finish. Go ahead. I was just going to say, we've got the two sizes, the the six foot for the medium heavy and the seven foot for the medium action. Right. And I'll tell people, if you're looking for a combo, you can get a fishing combo for 20 or 30 bucks. It's decent for a season, but this is actually a rod and reel that'll last you a while. The ugly stick is so durable, um, especially younger anglers, but anybody, uh, something that'll last you forever. They're, they used to show pictures of them bending them over double. It's one of the most durable fishing rods on the market. And they make, and uh, Shakespeare makes some great spinning reels. So you're talking about a $60 combo for about thirty nine ninety five, And this is a great rig for fishing almost anywhere in Colorado. It's just what a, what a tremendous buy. Absolutely. I'm glad you agree. The, the staff that I feel are experts in their field, they say this is all they use. So they're really excited by this, um, this great price. And it goes until the 24th. Now, they, you're doing this, you're going to do a bargain of the week on a regular basis at your stores. And this one started already, but it goes through the 24th of May. That is correct. While supplies last, of course. Of course. Now, what? tell me more about the summer kickoff. What do you got going on? Yeah, we've got something in every department, um, fishing, paddle sports, outdoor kitchen, apparel, um, all sorts of camping things. So, for instance, all our kayaks and canoes made by Old Town, they are 15% off. Our paddle boards made by Badfish are 20% off. We've got Aquaglide inflatable kayaks and paddle boards, 20% off. And then I did want to touch on personal flotation devices. Um, so important. We are offering 25% off, and that even includes Roughware, which is a personal flotation device for your pet. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, we had a couple segments on water safety today. Last year, there were 42 um, deaths on the water in Colorado, which is a record, and almost all of them were not wearing a personal flotation device or a life jacket. Folks, it just we want you to get out and enjoy it, but be safe when you do it. And the best way to do that is to get a life jacket or a personal flotation device. We're running out of time here. Any other great deals you want to make sure we know about? Uh, just a couple of things like uh, Thule and Yakima. So your tent racks and accessories, rooftop stuff, cargo boxes, all 20% off. And Big Agnes sleeping bags, 40% off. So it's a great time to come in, visit a Jack's near you. We also have a brand new website at jacksgoods.com. All right. And locations up and down the front range with these sales kicking off summer. People are anxious to get out. I tell you what, we... Preach no before you go on the show about when you do enjoy the outdoors so you do it right and enjoy it. But you also need the right gear so you're not only comfortable but safe and you just won't find a better place to start than Jack's Outdoor Gear. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Terry. Have a great day. You bet. That's Ann Byers from the Jackson Loveland. Loveland has two stores. 
Uh, they have the one that's on east that's kind of over by the Walmart or Sam's Club in that area. And that store just expanded. It is, uh, it is I think, their biggest store now because it used to be a Gold's Gym there, and they bought that whole building out, and they have just expanded into a huge store. But the one Ann's at is the one that used to be where a Kmart was located when you were headed west out of town. And it's a great place to stop. It's got a big selection, great place to stop, and uh, just get everything you need right there. We're going to take a and time I- out. When we, when we come back, Chad Lachance is going to join us. And we're going to talk about fishing in the North Park area and the, and the Laramie Plains Lakes right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. Listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right, go right back to the phones. And joining us is Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. Hey, good morning, Terry. You know, I know we're going to talk about the um, North Park Laramie Plains Lakes area. If we have time at the end of that, we got a texter who has some questions about jerk baits and swim baits. So we'll try to save a couple minutes to talk about that. But go ahead and what's going on in North Park and the Laramie Lakes? Well, basically, in a nutshell, Terry, this is the time. Uh, for me, those lakes are a, a May and October deal. And reason being is you get a lot of big fish up shallow. They're aggressive. The bugs aren't typically out. So I like to go what's still cold before the bugs come out. Uh, bugs are the ones that are going to carry you away <laughs> uh, when you're trying to fish. Um, so I like to go early and late in the year. And they only just recently iced out. And this is the time that the big big rainbows and cut bows that are in there. And, and I realize that the, those lakes are more famous for a lot of their big browns. But the in my experience, the cut bows and rainbows are bigger than the uh, than the browns themselves in terms of, of sheer weight. And this time of year, they get in uh, up shallow, doing their kind of a false spawn. That they'll attempt to spawn, but they won't be successful, according to biologists that manage it. And so they'll be up shallow, and guys can get after them. And you can get after them with all kinds of flies or lures. It's just a really excellent time to, to get up and try to catch some of the biggest trout you've ever seen. And typically when we go up there in either May or October to either North Park or the Laramie Plains Lakes, you can count on catching straight-up trophy-sized trout. You might not catch huge numbers of them unless you're very thorough, but you can count on catching some of the biggest trout of the season uh, You know, in May and then again in October. And it really comes down to me for those big cut bows and rainbows for jigs more than anything else. I'm a hard bait guy, as you know. I love to throw jerk baits and things like that. But the rainbows and cut bows tend to respond better, in my experience, to jigs than the browns do. In the fall, I'm the other way around, where I'm throwing the hard baits a bunch and targeting the spawning browns. But at this time of year, I'm all about the tube jig, uh, marabou jig, uh, something like a gold minnow, which is legal there because it's over an inch and a half long. So it can be scented. Uh, so my little three-inch or four-inch gold minnow will get absolutely murdered up there by the rainbows and, and cut bows. Any of the waters in particular, or does it kind of vary from year to year? There's quite a number of lakes there. There is, and then really it's about the area. In fact, last spring when we were up there, I, I fished two lakes in the same day because Lake John was off and was not was not kicking out very much fish, and, and I was a little surprised. So trailer the boat, go right around the corner to Delaney, and South Delaney was one after the other, lights out. So the lakes are a little different in terms of their depth and their weed growth, and they're not all on the same exact schedule because they ice out a little bit different, and therefore the weeds come in different. So 
it really comes down to, to fishing which one's active. And the fact that you pointed out that there's a bunch of them makes it possible, particularly in the Delaney complex, to move back and forth between lake is, lakes if you need to. And then same thing when you go up on Laramie Plains. There's several lakes that are relatively close to each other. Last time we were up there, we fished two of those in the same day as well and caught fish really good at both of them. So the other thing about it this time of year is you don't need the boat because the weed growth isn't so bad that you can fish it from the bank very easily. If you're talking about fall, a lot of times the weed growth will be limiting uh, from guys that are from the bank because the weed, the weed, the, the banks are relatively flat and the weeds will grow all the way almost to the surface and be tough to fish over. Those weeds are what make those lakes so fertile because they grow all sorts of, of um, you know, crustaceans and bugs and everything. But the flip side is they can make tough on anglers and then spring those weeds aren't up yet. So you can fish it from the bank or from the boat if you want. I don't see the boat as a huge advantage other than it's a giant floating tackle shop for you. But, uh, but you can basically do all the access, all the fish you're going to, you know, going to need to catch within castle into the bank. So a lot of times I'll take the boat. If it's windy, I won't even launch it. I'll stay on the bank. If it's not windy, I'll launch the boat and enjoy the day. Yeah, and, you know, we people ask us year-round about shore fishing opportunities because we all own big boats, and we all fish from shore quite a bit. And this time of the year offers some of the best shore fishing of the year. Um, as far as boats, are all the ramps open on those lakes now? Uh, I didn't call all of them, but the ones that I checked are open. So, And I've got friends at Lake John right now, and... Uh, um, and so, yeah, they're they're opening or open as they sit. The water levels, of course, on those lakes are fairly stable. So they're doing pretty good. The the, the Laramie Plains lakes, uh, when I called up there, they said they had just iced out on a couple of those. So they should be really good, uh, like really good to go right now. For me, when the lake's still half frozen even is, is an excellent time. So uh, from now until the bugs come in and start getting those, those consistently warm days and the temperature comes up, uh, is really the time to get out and, and get them caught. Yeah, and people, do you think people tend to, when they're fishing for big trout, tend to use too small a lure? A hundred percent. And and uh, and when I'm talking about throwing even like that goat minnow up there, I'm not even throwing the little guys. I'm not throwing the two and a half or the three. I'm throwing the four. If I'm throwing a tube jig, it's a three and a half inch tube jig. Uh, absolutely. the big Those big trout are looking for a big meal for one. For two, not as many guys throw the big baits, so they aren't tuned into them. And the other thing is, um, you're just going to, you're, you're, there's no reason to not, it's not going to reduce your number of bites. In fact, typically when I go up there, as soon as I start getting away from my fish, I upsize, not downsize. Those fish have a very fast growth rate. They're kind of rock stars. They grow fast and die young and they'll eat a big bite for sure. And just for the record, since we're going to talk about jerk baits and stuff, very commonly for me, if I upsize my jerk bait, I catch more fish than downsizing it regardless of trout or whatever the species might be. And yesterday was a good example fishing from the bank here at Horsetooth where the number 13 or the 13 centimeter long hit stick got bites from stalker trout when the three inch one would not. So gives you some idea right there exactly what we're talking about. All right, let's look at the question. This is from a texter. He said, if I'm to use a swim bait, let's say a jerk bait, and I think he's com confusing the two or combining, which they can be fished the same, but they're different. To right. imitate what, what a walleye is feeding on, what size am I going to use this time of the year to better reflect the size of the bait the walleye are feeding on? I'll put my two cents in before you go. And then in spring, I actually tend to throw bigger jerk baits and swim baits than I do later in the year after the young bait fish or the year hatch because there aren't as many small bait fish. How do you approach it? 
I'm 100% with you. There's two reasons I'm on the big baits in the spring and bigger than the average bait fish because, like you just said, they're, the young of the year bait fish are either just being born and they're too small to, to be a viable food source or they're not been born at all yet. So the bait fish from last year are as big as they're going to get, for one. And then for two, we have fish that are trying to get fat, right? The waters are warming. The walleyes are post-spawn at this point. They're looking to feed. And they're, you know, in the next six weeks, they'll head into their summer feed, you know, peak. And so, no, for me, it's a big bait. I've been throwing that number 13 um, hit stick a ton this spring, both from the bank and from the boat. And it's paying the bills, including on walleye. So, you know, for me, it's a big bait for sure. I'm not, I'm definitely not going to go any shorter than about, oh, three and a half inches at the shortest on whether it be my swim bait or my jerk bait. My, my swim baits are three and a half or 3.8 inch long power swimmers on quarter ounce jig heads. And my jerk baits are either that number 13 hit stick or the 112 millimeter, which is 11.2 centimeter. Uh, Stunna. Those are the those are the two baits I'm throwing the most right now, and they're both getting bites. And kind of tell us the different approach you use when fishing a jerk bait versus a swim bait. The jerk bait for me is all about the name. It's a jerk bait. It's not a pull bait or reel it in bait. It's a jerk bait. So I want to start and stop each retrieve with the slack line. So you, which is hard to describe on the radio. I have a hard time unless I've got a guy standing in front of me to, to, to really explain it right. But basically you start by giving slack to the bait and then popping it off the resistance of the diving lip in the water column. So as soon as the line comes tight, you throw the slack back at it again. And basically what you're trying to do is to get the bait to move without necessarily coming to you. So I'm trying to get it to jerk and twitch and, and, and all that without necessarily bringing it any closer than I have to. So I'm going to leave it kind of in one spot and just make it dance around, and that requires slack line. If you don't give it slack line back after you jerk on it, the bait won't turn sideways, and if it won't turn sideways, you're not going to get as many bites. So when I'm evaluating jerk baits, first thing I look at is can I make that thing turn 90 degrees each time I pop it? And if I can, then I know I can get bites with it. Some jerk baits are better at that than others, and that's why I like the stunners and the hit sticks so much. Conversely, the swim bait, I'm going to throw it in most cases, at least right now, I'm letting it go all the way to the bottom or very close to the bottom on slack line or you know, semi-slack line and then retrieving it, pointing the rod 45 degrees towards it and just straight retrieving it on a very slow, even wind and just letting the bait swim its way to me and do nothing evil, just just almost the polar opposite of the jerk bait, just letting it swim as evenly as it can. There's a reason they designed that tail on there. It'll swim back and forth very rhythmically, and it's an excellent way to get bites. The only variance I do on that one is I'll do a stop and go where the rod doesn't move at all, but I'll crank the reel like three, maybe four times really fast and then kill it and let, let it pendulum back down on tight line and then crank it real, real fast three or four times and then let it go back down on tight line again. And the rod never moves in that scenario, and you have excellent feel of the bait. Uh, you get a, a stop and go and a kind of a lift and drop retrieve without ever getting out of position, and you always have excellent feel. So it's and the reason I'm doing that one a lot is we're getting a lot of stocker trout that are bumping stuff, and they're hard to hook. But if your line's tight all the time, you'll have a better shot at getting a few of them. And so that stop and go works pretty good, or the or the consistent retrieve works pretty good. I, ironically, I'm getting a bunch of them on the jerk bait too, but most of them are getting foul hooked on the top of the head or the side of the face because they're coming up and smacking that thing when it's when it's being all crazy and erratic, and you just you just luck into them. So, uh, but there's a bunch of them around right now. They'll bump that jerk bait too. Now he he did clarify or she whoever 
put the text there that they were asking separately about the right. the, the gotcha. swim bait and the the jerk bait, and we have kind of covered that. And they're they're also curious how if there's any difference when they fish them from shore. Um, yes, the only difference from shore for me, particularly with the jerk bait, not so much with the swim bait. With the, the only real difference for me with the swim bait is my rod tip. As the bait gets closer to me, coming towards the bank, I will start lifting the rod tip more and more and more to make the line pull angle be steeper and steeper. By the time the bait's very close to the shore on the swim bait, I'm, the rod tip may be pointed almost straight up. And the, the, all I'm doing is making the line angle be steeper so that the bait will will kind of follow the contour. With the jerk bait, same kind of thing. I'll work it tip down the first half of the retrieve, and then as it's getting closer to shore, I'll start working a little bit more tip up. The other thing is from the shore, I tend to throw the hit stick more than the stunner because the hit stick is a slow riser. And as it gets closer to the shore, I can give myself a little bit longer of pauses and the bait will rise itself up a little bit on those pauses and keep from hanging the bank. And that's a very key thing. And I've been focusing on shore fishing this spring. I've been really trying to focus on it for some other content we're generating. And I really want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm giving people good advice. The thing with that hit stick is it's been very consistent. I've been throwing the same one for the entire month of May. And at this point, I haven't snagged and lost it. I haven't It's caught, caught fish every single day, literally, and, uh, and it's very versatile bait from the bank because I can allow it to rise when it gets close to me. If people want more information on what we talked about, the Laramie Lakes or the, the, the suspending or floating jerk baits or the swim baits, do you have some good places you can send them on the Fishful Thinker sites? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, there's a the learning plans like you have to send me an email, and well, because I don't have any of that necessarily published, but um, but we've got a ton of videos on fishing those style of lakes on our YouTube channel, uh, and understand that it doesn't matter if you're talking about Spinney or or you know Antero or any of them, they're going to fish very similar to the Delaney Lakes to the Laramie Plains Lakes. They're all shallow, flat, and weedy, and so the, the style that I'm going to use, whether I'm in Laramie or, or Ontario, is, is fundamentally the same. So our YouTube videos are very good for that. We've got both the swim bait and the jerk bait videos on there, and uh, there's 600-some videos and more than a million and a half views. So there's plenty of content on there for people to go look at, and it's all educational-based. All right, my friend, we're out of time. A lot of great information. I will post the podcast of this on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend, Chad. Thanks, you as Terry. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. All right, Chad Lachance, Fishful Thinkers, how you find them. We'll take a time out. We'll wrap up this week's edition of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to wrap things up. You know, with this rising water and the rains we've had, um, really do a little research before you plan your fishing trips. We covered a lot of that ground today. I will post the podcast to today's show on our uh, during the week on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. And uh, we want you to listen in. You can also go get them almost by Saturday afternoon. Dante usually has them up uh, by the time uh, Saturday afternoon. And you can go to 1043thefan or denversports.com and go to my page and listen to them. Another thing that goes on here, you know, we do, you listen to this show and it goes pretty seamlessly. And we do a show schedule ahead of time to kind of know what our time is going to be, how much we can allot to each guest. And this end of this week, Colorado Parks and Wildlife 
changed their schedule at the last minute, and it didn't get reflected in our written schedule. And yet Karen and Dante were able to adjust on the fly and really let me know what was going on. We made it so it would be seamless to you people out there. So if you ever think I kind of halfway know what I'm doing, you can reflect back on those two and what they do to keep this show going. Between the two of them and their communication, they really make sure we keep this show online. So I want to say thanks to both Karen and Dante. Also, Karen monitors the text line, so if your question got answered today, it's because she's handing me those questions. So I want to thank both of them. Is Mr. Dan Jacobs in the studio? I am. I am here, sir. And I don't have anything to thank you for, but I have some questions. Oh, great. Good to talk to you, sir. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing first? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Uh, how are the water I'm, levels at John Martin? I'm just teasing. Bit. I already know. I listened to the show earlier. They're low, but the fishing is great. Exactly. But the quest, first question I have for you is, even with this rain and this cool weather, are you taking advantage of the grilling season the way I am? You know, I actually have not been grilling as probably as much as you have been. I see Karen posting on Facebook. She's got you guys are you got good stuff going on. You always have a nice glass of wine going along paired with whatever nice fish or or steak you got on the grill. I have to admit I have not. I have something special, which I'll be telling about my listeners. I have prepped this morning for tonight. But no, I have not been doing as much as you has, Terry. Well, you have to get out there. And by the way, what he's talking about is Karen post a lot of our food pictures on her Facebook page, uh, Karen Wickstrom or Karen Cullum Wickstrom. I'm not sure exactly how it's listed. And uh, we, we had lamb one time this week, and we have some other things. And we had a paella we made where we cooked it on the grill, but it was actually cooked in a paella pan. And we do tend to choose a nice wine to go with it. Now, the last thing I have for you before I let you go and we close out this show are the Nuggets doubters starting to believe in them? And I'm not just talking the national media. I'm talking the people in Denver who are just holding their breath because they've been let down. Are you talking about James Merrillat? Is that what you're saying? Well, I never try to talk <laughs> about teasing. James Merrillat. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No. I know. Uh, I'm actually, I'm included. I'm, I'm not a Nuggets doubter. I'm just, I'm a Nuggets fan, but we're all naturally nervous. Are, do, are we excited for tonight? Absolutely. Terry, I know you're excited for tonight. I'm excited for tonight. But have they struggled on the road? Yes. Have they ever been in a position like this before in team history? No, they have not. Where it's all sitting there right in front of them, where they've been the favorite to win the Nash, the NBA Finals. They're, they're the odds-on favorite to win the championship. No, it's never happened like this before. So we're all excited, but of course, I think most of us are nervous. Yeah, I've been a Nuggets fan for a long time. I go back to Dan Issel and Kiki Vandaway. I was actually at the draft, at the live draft, when they drafted uh, Carmelo and had season tickets for a period of time right down by the floor. And uh, I've enjoyed them, so I'm hopeful but I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. They need to get one in, one in L.A., just one. It would be nice, wouldn't it? Yep. All right, my friend, I'm going to let you go, and I'm going to close this out. Okay, sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening. Join us every Saturday from 9 to 11 for Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour in Dan Jacobson Sports.